Welcome back today to our study of one of the great principles in God's Word, and that is the principle of God's will and how God wants us to know it. We've been talking about the fact that God's will is good and perfect and pleasing, and it can be known. But another truth is God's will is always best for me. And that's something that we have a hard time believing sometimes, because we often think that God's will is not necessarily best. Jesus demonstrates this fact when he said in John 4:34, my food is to do the will of my Father. This is when he had talked to the Samaritan woman and helped her find forgiveness for her sins and salvation in him. And when the disciples came back with food, he said he wasn't hungry because he said, my food is to do the will of my Father. He said, it's so good for me. It blesses me. Also, he said in John 6, 38, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I, I had a little plaque in my office at one time. I'm not sure in some of my moves what happened to it. I'd like to still have it. It's probably in some drawer somewhere. But it, it went like this, and I kept it where I could read it every day. God always gives his best. <clears throat> God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. Think about that. God gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. If you had an opportunity to say, I want to give you, and you said to this person right here, you can choose what my life should be, where I should go, what my decision, or you say to the God of heaven, you can make the choice. That's really the, what we have, the possibility. And when we do God's will, it's really evidence of our trust and our faith in him. So the question comes down to this, are we available to do God's will? If so, Paul directs in Romans 12 some, some ways to, to do that. First, present your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice. And the idea here is, is once for all kind of sacrifice. It's the picture of a sacrifice in the Old Testament. They would bring a sacrifice to the altar at the temple and it would be put on the altar, it would be burned, and it would be consumed. And what Paul is saying here, it's not every day you put your life on the, on the altar of God and become a living sacrifice. You once for all do that. Now, certainly we'll have to confess some sins and get things right from time to time, but it's a once for all commitment. In other words, we say, God, all of my life, I want to do your will. All of my life, I want to fulfill your purpose for me. For the rest of my life, I want to be led and guided by you. And if that's our attitude, we have presented our bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he says, renew your mind daily. For he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the process. It's a process of a negative choice. I'm not going to be conformed to the way the people around me think. I'm not going to be conformed into the attitudes and actions of other people and the philosophies of the day. I'm going to be transformed by renewing my mind. Now, one of the translators says, when he talks about not being conformed, he says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, the mold that puts out uh, people who are just replicas of of other people, but who do not think for themselves. But if we renew our minds daily, we can get God's direction. Now, how do we renew our mind? Well, we go to God's word and let him speak his word into our mind, and it becomes a process that becomes 
uh, really important to us, and then we pray and seek his face. You see, our mind is our control center. The mind is where the battles are won and are lost. That's where we either get the victory or we get defeat. That's where we either choose God's way or choose our own way or the devil's way. And then surrender your will. And, and if, we, if we daily surrender our will to him because we've made that once for all decision to be a living sacrifice, then he begins to work in our lives. Now, there, there are other principles and things that are at work here. Oh, one good explanation of it all is found in Psalm 37 and in verse 4 and 5. Where, Paul, where the writer there, David, says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. Several things he says that we will, if we will do, he will do. You see, there are three conditions <clears throat> and three promises. First, delight in the Lord. And when you delight in the Lord, you rejoice in the Lord, you spend time with the Lord, you pray, you read your Bible, you go to church, you give him opportunity to work in your life, and then he will give you the desires of your heart because what happens is if you delight in the Lord, you and the Lord become close and his desires become your desires. And so he'll give you those desires because they're the right desires. And our desires are actually good for us and right for others because they're God's desires. And then he says, commit your way to the Lord. That means roll off your way, roll off everything, your problems, your needs, your concerns, your sins. Roll them off on the Lord. And that's the second condition. And trust in him, that's the third condition. So delight in him, commit your way to him, trust in him. And what's the result? He will do this. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will show you the way. And so it's important that we recognize that. Now, one other thing that's important, too, is we need to make sure that we just follow the Lord step by step. Most of the time, I've noticed, except maybe in a big direction, for example, when God led me to be a preacher, it was a once-for-all kind of thing. I knew that that was my life's work. But the steps along the way were not given where I would live, where I would preach, what church I would serve, all those things. Those are step-by-step decisions. So here are some of the steps that God would have us take on a daily basis so that we can walk in his will. One is, I will obey the word of God. Whatever God says in his word, I will do it. I'm not going to make decisions based upon whims or fancies or emotions. I heard about a soldier who was stationed in France And he started dating a girl, a French girl named Maria. They could speak very little English. She could speak little English. She could speak little French, so they had a hard time communicating. And he liked her, but, you know, he he wasn't going to be there long. He wasn't going to really have a chance to get to know her. But one day he was passing a French church, and somebody was singing, and he could hear the words of the song. And they were saying, Ave Maria, which means Hail Mary. And immediately he thought, now that's a sign from God that I should marry Maria because that was her name. The girl he was dating was Maria. And so he did. But you see, he made a decision based upon a whim. He made a decision based upon something that did not come from God. He thought, well, that has to be a sign from God. It's a church. It wasn't a sign from God. And he made a bad decision. The marriage didn't last. So we need to be careful that we obey God's word 
and not what we think is God's word or not follow things that we think relate to God's word. So I would challenge you today, and I'll give you the others of these steps tomorrow, but right now, focus on the one, I'm going to do what God says, I'm going to follow his word, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only, obey it. God bless you, have a great day.